Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 30th, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Swallows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, Don't worry, just when you think your life is over, a new storyline falls from the sky and lands right in your lap by Rebecca Crane. So we are drinking Sippa Spell's Dark Fae. In my opinion, this is a great tea for like either season, dark or light, but it really is meant to be a summer tea, spring tea, between the dark and lights. It's it's a tween tea. So we have been talking about mangoes and we talked about the origins and the health benefits. Today we're talking about how to use it in a culinary world. So this comes to us from mango.org. Success using fresh mango on menus rests not only on knowing the basics on how to order, handle, and cook with this popular fruit, but also understanding the remarkable uh, versatility of fresh mango and how it maximizes opportunities to bring delicious flavor, color, and nutrition to menu items. So, mango is used in a lot of dishes. We see it used in desserts like ice cream and sorbets. We see it in meats. Like I think I once made a like sandwich that had like mango and pork. Uh but we also see it used in like chutneys and salsas. So green or ripe, mangoes make perfect menu partners all year round. You can use diced mango as a topping for cereal, pancakes, or waffles. Layer diced mango in breakfast, snack, and dessert parfaits. Tuck a mango slice and jalapeno inside bacon-wrapped shrimp. Wrap thin slices of mango around sushi rolls. You can use them in condiments, uh, like I said before, chutney, salsa, slaw, Uh, It can be a flavor bridge in sandwiches, entrees, appetizers, and it can add a very contrasting color, refreshing taste, and texture to salads. Yeah, I I, I wish I could remember what I made that had mango, but it was really wonderful. I felt like it was like a, oh, I couldn't even tell you, but it was really, really wonderful. It really does bring such a brightness to foods. So I'm a big fan of it. Uh, We have a recipe here for a mango yogurt cup, shrimp and mango curry, green mango pickles, mahi mango tostadas. There's really so much you can do with mango. It, It has such a wonderful texture. I really love the texture of mango. It's so fascinating. But 
Yeah, you can use mango in all sorts of things. It really is very versatile. Like a lot of fruits kind of are, but not in my opinion as much as mangoes. All right, witches. Moving into some headlines. This comes to us from GayCities.com. Tim Murray spills the tea on his upcoming witches debut in Edinburgh. So this comes to us from Mike Sirocco. Something witchy this way comes to Edinburgh this summer. With the debut of Tim Murray's Witches, an openly gay stand-up comedian has parlayed his affinity for magical mavens into a musical exploration of finding one's queer coven, honoring every prominent pop culture witch from Angelica Houston's Grand High Witch to Sabrina's Aunt Zelda and every enchantress in between. In anticipation of this Edinburgh's French Festival premiere, we fired up our cauldron and spilled the tea with Tim about witches. Performing in conservative states and his hilarious hot gay guys video. I love that. I love comedians. One, I just love comedy. I was actually talking to someone recently about why I like comedy so much. And basically how I described it is... It really is just storytelling, and there's a formula to it. So I understand storytelling in written form very well, and I also understand it in I understand it in written form, and I understand it in like movies and television and stand up. I really struggle with music. That's just not my medium. Um, it it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I wish it did because everyone seems like they're having a wonderful time with it. <laughs> Uh, but something about comedy just makes a lot of sense to me. So I really love that we're seeing a lot of more, a lot more diversity in comedy. We're seeing a lot more gay, trans, uh, people in comedy. My friend Billy, uh, who has been on the show, she actually was also on Vanderpump Rules, which is like such a thing right now. Um, but Billy is, has started doing stand up in LA. And so we're seeing stand up become a lot more diverse, uh, and interesting. And so seeing that, uh, we're having, uh, you know, a gay comedian with a show called Witches. Oh, I, lo I love it. I love it. It's so neat. So if you happen to be in Edinburgh, I mean, how could you not check that out? You know? All right, Witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, May 30th. The waxing gibbous moon weighs the pros and cons in Libra today. Here, the moon trines the sun. This trine can be quite affirming as it lifts our spirits and helps us to see ourselves in the best light. This particular trine is occurring in air signs, indicating that we are likely thinking very clearly. This vibe is great for doing some research, bringing people together, or doing some studying in a group. Sometimes we learn much better when we have folks to bounce ideas off of. So take some time to connect today, both with your own thoughts and with the ideas of others. Your daily moon mantra is, none of us are as smart as all of us. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. 
It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All right, so we have a question from listener Callisto. Also, Callisto, can I just say, every single time your name pops up, whether it's a shout-out or a question or whatever, I perfectly imagine your profile picture. It has such a um adorable like almost pop cartoonish look to it that it really feels like a little piece of art like I don't know if it's like the uh colors to it or the symmetric like the symmetricness of it but there's something about Callisto's profile picture I think on Facebook that I I it always pops into my head when I see her name because it's just so like aesthetically pleasing but anyways Callisto writes I'd love to hear more information on the basics of reading Lenormand cards since they are so different than tarot Oof. Okay. So when I saw this question, I was like, wow, I love Lenormand. I really do. It has been my primary reading system for forever. Um, I'm not someone who started reading tarot and then, you know, picked up a few Oracle decks along the way. I've always been a Lenormand person and I've only ever met one person in my life who also proficiently read Lenormand. I know a lot of readers who read tarot who like picked up a Lenormand deck, but as far as I've seen, not very, not highly proficient with it, at least like, you know, personally, I'm sure obviously it is a popular system. People are out there, but just in my own life. And so I really, really love it. And I have a lot of respect for it. And when I see people kind of using Lenormand, to kind of create oracle decks, I, it does kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because I do view Lenormand as a whole system. And so when people kind of use it to do other things that disrupt its wholeness, it just hurts. I don't know. Um, but I really love Lenormand. I really, really respect it. I read with it 99% uh, of the time and it means a lot to me. So when I saw this question, I was like, oh, I would really love to get into this. However, like tarot, it is complex. There's a lot to it. So I wanted to find just some quick information on Lenormand and share how it is different than tarot. But I also wanted to take this opportunity to announce that I am doing in July a four-week Lenormand class. So if you are fascinated with Lenormand, if after hearing this you want to know more, there are dates in July. I think it's every Saturday. So all the Saturdays in July, you can sign up and take a four-part class. I am currently putting it together. I'm very nervous because I really want to do this system that is so close to my heart justice. So I'm very excited and I really am looking forward to doing this with everybody. 
But so let's get started. What is Lenormand? So this actually comes to us from Justor.org, which uh, for those of you who don't know, Justor is a, I guess, not a website. Oh, okay. So it's a part of a nonprofit organization for helping the academic community use technological resources to preserve scholarly record. So uh, Justor will pop up a lot if you're looking up like peer-reviewed studies and things like that. So under their education and society, they actually wrote about Lenormand, and it's the surprising historical significance of fortune telling. So I typically put uh, card readings into three categories. There is tarot, because that's a complete system. Lenormand, a complete system, and then Oracle. Oracle, I consider everything is that is not Tarot or, or Lenormand because Oracle uh, typically is not its own system and is instead something created by an author with interpretations by an author. Very similar to like our Witch Daily deck, right? So let's talk about Lenormand. So in 1786, 14-year-old Anne-Marie I'm sorry, Marie Anne Lenormand ran away from the convent school where she was raised. Lenormand set off to Paris on her own, where she learned the art of cardamancy, divination using a deck of cards. That is right. I forgot to mention, Lenormand, you can read Lenormand with a deck of cards. If you learn uh, the card parallels, then you can read with just a deck. She worked for 40 years as a cardamancer and fortune teller, advising Josephine de Beauharnois, Napoleon's wife, and Robespierre, and other important figures on their fate. So something I would t I'll touch on another time when I talk about the history of divination. A long time ago, diviners were considered a very high status. So it's not surprising she would be helping a lot of really important figures weigh in on their lives. So 30 years later, when Lenormand was 44 years old, she met uh, with a young uh, Francis Lady Shelley, a socialite aristocrat and friend of Duke of Wellington. The two met in Lenormand's luxurious boudoir, but as Shelley recounts in her diary, she was soon drawn into Lenormand's cabinets of fortunes. So Lenormand asked her date of birth, then the first letter of her name, the first letter of her birthplace, and then her favorite animal, color, and number. Quote, after about a quarter of an hour of this mummery, during which time she had arranged all the cards in order upon the table, she made an examination of my head, Shelley wrote. Suddenly she began in order of measured prose and with great uh, rapidness and distinct articulation to describe my character and past in which she was so accurate and so successful, even to minute particulars, that I was spellbound at the matter in which she had discovered all she knew. What made Lenormand rich in the 18th century France was that she made fortune telling and games of chance mainstays of human society for more than six millennia. It's something, it's that sometimes the possibility proposed by the fortune teller is in fact perfectly spot on. Sometimes what is predicted happens. Sometimes our lottery ticket is a winner. Sometimes we beat the odds. Games of chance point, point towards correct value just often enough to keep us intrigued. In doing so, they have acted as social and political tools that play upon some of our greatest aspirations. 
So upon Lenormand's death at age 71, her nephew, a devout Catholic, inherited her possessions and extensive capital, valued at an estimated 500,000 francs. Uh, he pocketed the cash and burned all of her cards and crystals and fortune-telling paraphernalia, according to Michael Dumais, a former professor at uh, of logic at Oxford, who wrote a book on the subject. Let, um, Lenormand's legacy has persisted, particularly via Lenormand's cards, an altered set of cards commonly used by contemporary fortune tellers. Like Lenormand's nephew, most Catholics in the region despised fortune games, which represented unknowability in a supposedly all-knowable world, one in which God pulls the strings. So you can see how there's uh, issues there. By providing an alternative to God's omniscience, fortune-telling menaced the legitimacy of religion. Interesting. Interesting. That's so, that's such a great take. So, Lenormand, right? So, Mademoiselle Lenormand, um, now we have Lenormand cards, which were based after the way she read uh, decks of cards. So, how Lenormand is different than tarot is when there's less cards, there's 36 traditionally. Uh, sometimes they'll put in extra. Uh, and then how it is read is you don't read spreads, right? Now, there are Lenormand readers who do read spreads. I do that, for example, because sometimes I do many readings and I can't read Lenormand traditionally using many readings. Or, I mean, I can't do many readings while trying to use it traditionally. So, Lenormand traditionally, all the cards are laid out at one time. So, first of all, what what is the difference of information? Uh, how I like to explain it is tarot tells you how you affect the world, right? It's very personal. It's very internal. It's very esoteric. It's very much about you, your mind, your thoughts, and who you are in this world, right? It's the fool's journey, right? Where are you in this journey? That is what tarot tells you. Lenormand is very different. It's a lot less esoteric. It is very straightforward. It is very practical. Um, it is less about how you affect the world, and Lenormand tells you how the world affects you. So we can get a lot of information. We can get information on where you've been, where you're going, uh, the things that are on your mind, the things that are holding you up, the things that are supporting you, the people around you, the systems that affect you. It's just very more practical. So obviously, things work for different people, right? There are some people who are very talented at tarot. Kiki has a passion and a talent I only wish to have uh, in tarot. She is very well-educated, well-versed, and well-practiced. And it's just not for me. I gave it a shot a few times. Not for me. Whereas me as a person, I am very practical. I'm very logical. I tell things very straightforward. And so does Lenormand, right? And Lenormand, there's not a lot of room for interpretation. Blank plus blank equals this. And that's just it. Like, and sometimes I feel like my readings are shorter because it just is what it is. We don't have to create a word salad for it, you know? So, um, 
Lenormand is different in that way, right? So I view it as how does the world affect you, whereas tarot is how do you affect the world. And Lenormand is very straightforward. It just tells you what's going on. It is what it is. Again, not a lot of room for interpretation. Some interpretation, sure, that's where the reader comes in, but just not a lot of room. And also, all the cards are read at once using something called a grand tableau. So basically, you don't just pull some cards. Every single card in the deck will be laid out for a traditional Lenormand reading. And what can we look at? Huh, everything. And that is what makes it so wonderful. So I really like to use the Grand Tableau when someone is basically like, well, I don't really know what I want to know, but just tell me what, what I should know. And I will do a Grand Tableau. Because we can look at everything at once. You can go, okay, so how's my work situation? We can look at that. Okay, but now I want to know about my parents. We can look at that. Okay, but now can you tell me about my love life? We can look at that. Because it's almost like just a snapshot of the different layers of your life just at one time. So we can look at a lot. We can really study it. We can really analyze it. And we can look at a lot of different like parts of it. However, I am very straightforward. I am very analytical and I love processes. Processes are some of my favorite things in the world. I am a true believer that a very good processy will keep everything running. And so I obviously have created my own little formula for how I dive into my Lenormand readings, my grand tableaus. Uh, because you have to, right? That's a lot. If it's a, a snapshot of someone's whole life at one time is a lot of information, you have to have a plan of attack to really dig in. So I have my plan of attack. I have, okay, we're going to look at this. Now we're going to look at this. Now we're going to look at that. Now we're going to look at that. Hey, look over there. Okay, now, now that I've given you all that information, you have questions, <laughs> you know? So it's also really good if you're a reader who does not like to be given a lot of information. Uh, I am that reader. I am very careful about bias. I don't want to be told something that could sway me one way or another. I will ask clarifying questions like, um, hey, I'm seeing um, rings and hearts and documents. You getting married? You know what I mean? So I will ask clarifying questions. But to start off, I really like to just see what comes up. And Lenormand's really great for that because there's a lot you can jump into before you even ask a single question. So Lenormand is really um, unique. In my in my heart, it is very special, um, and and it's very nuanced. Uh, there's a lot of cards in Lenormand that parallel each other, right? So uh, two cards can mean almost very similar things, but it is that very slight difference that really makes a world of changes in the reading. So it's something really important to me. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, because when you get asked about something that feels really special to your heart, uh, it feels really good. So thank you for asking Callisto. And I am putting together again, a four, a four part Lenormand class. If you're interested, uh, it's going to be every Saturday in July. You can sign up at Tanya Brown, T O N Y A B R O W N dot schedulista.com. And if you go to witchpod.com, I think it's a, there's a link that says like schedule a reading with Tanya, same link. And you just pick the the Lenormand class and you sign up. So check it out. If you're curious, I'm going to be working on that for the next few weeks, putting together um, sli slides and examples. And I have to take pictures of my cards because um, 
my cards and I will send out an email to everyone being like, Hey, like here's some decks I recommend, but my cards, uh, that I use, I use the pagan Lenormand, even though you can't use the pagan Lenormand for traditional grand tableau Lenormand reading. So I actually have two decks. I have the smaller pixie deck, which is great for tableaus. And then I have my deck, which is the pagan Lenormand, but the image, the images on the pagan Lenormand are very, um, special and i actually am going to take pictures of every single one of my cards for the slides because uh sometimes the imagery in it is so telling of its meaning that i just want to point it out so i'm very excited and thank you for letting me ramble this is again very exciting so i'm going to wrap it up uh so we're wrapping up this episode uh i want to give a quick shout out to listener emmy jean emmy you beautiful dreamlike selkie Garasu, you scrumptious, wicked moth. Georgian, you glittery, playful kraken. And finally, Jennifer Demucci. Jennifer, you graceful, cunning kitten. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave, we have a card pull today. Our card is the Page of Pentacles from the Buffy Tarot. The Page of Pentacles represents novices and inexperienced beginnings. And what better way to represent his card than with, a, or this card, oh, typo, represent this card than with Amanda. One minute she's singing her heart out in the swing choir and the next she's infused with the powers of the Slayer. When you are aligned with the energies of this page, you are learning new skills and may feel ready to intensify your training. This is a good time for self-improvement, for focusing on your health, and welcoming some new hobbies you never considered. All right, witches. Um, that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any new um, books, decks, headlines, sources we referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. Tomorrow, a new, a new issue of Witch Way releases. Check it out. And that's it. Uh, we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>